Patriots Monday and Friday. 93.7 WEIFM and HD1. Lawrence, Boston. Always live on the free Odyssey app. Number two of the Rich Keep Show here on WEEI. Fitzy is in. It's a full tang Wednesday night program. You can join us at 617 779 7937. You can uh, watch the show on Twitch. Just follow WEEI. You get all the shows from 6A all the way up until 10P. Uh, Twitter, Instagram, at Rich Keep Show. And of course, if you miss any of the program, just subscribe to the podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. And Fitzy, it is a Would You Rather Wednesday. Oh, man. Would I rather have a beer and a yes. bag of chips right now yes. or do radio? I'd rather do radio. Me too. Why not yep. both? Well, because one yeah, is frowned upon. I know. I understand. All right, all right, all right, all right. Uh, well, three hours away, and then you can right, do whatever you right, want. All right. all right. Would you rather, for this Sunday, uh-huh. the Patriots start Mac Jones, Malik Cunningham, or Bailey Zappi at quarterback? I would rather they start Bailey Zappi at quarterback. Same. I just give the zapper one full game, a week of prep. Yeah. Just tell Mac, like, look, you know, it's not you, it's us. Make it about yourself. Like, t- show some real leadership. Just say, guy, listen, we've stressed you out. We've pushed you to the limit. <laughs> we're gonna give you a. We're gonna give you a week. Yeah. We're gonna give the old zapper a chance. You know, we we all know this isn't working out for us or you here. And let's just see what happens. Let's just let's just see if we can rekindle a little bit of the magic last year. That's what I'm kind of with too. Like, rather than tossing them out there when it's thirty to nothing. Mm-hmm. Or tossing him out there with a group of guys that he probably hasn't even been in the huddle with. Mm-hmm. Give him a week. I don't think he's great either, but we've just seen Mac time and time again struggle. And yes, the O line stinks. Yes, the wide receivers are bad. But let's just see somebody else. A guy who also last year, under the exact same circumstances, actually had a few more bright spots. In fact, mm-hmm. based on just percentage of playing time, he had a lot better. Uh, he had he had he had a lot better plays in games than even Mac Jones did, who had many more games and many more attempts at it. So, I would like to see Bailey Zappi for the week. But clearly, how they handled it last week it just furthers the point on how they feel about him. They cut him, mm-hmm. and then they put him on the practice squad, and then this week. He was the third string emergency quarterback. So whether it's Bill O'Brien or Bill Belichick or both, they don't trust Bailey Zappi at all, which is why it, the answer is going to be Mac Jones. But I'm with you. I'd rather see Zappi too. Give him a shot. Yeah, give give the kid a shot. Like, and also just give the fans something different to watch. Let us either build it up in our minds that he's going to be better or see that he's not as well. We both know neither is the long-term answer here in Foxborough. Right. But just give us something. I mean, what? how, how different is Mac going to look Sunday? I don't think any. I don't think, I don't any think different. I mean, he's not going to have a four touchdown game. He's not going to no. throw for four hundred yards. He is not. How many plays for Malik Cunningham? You think? Uh, we assume it's going to be Mac Jones, but regardless of who the starting quarterback is, we saw three plays from Malik Cunningham on Sunday. How many this week? I'm going to set the over under at eight and a half. Which way? Ooh, I'd probably go under. I, I like it somewhere in between that number and what he did last week. I think it'll be more than last week, but probably less than eight and a half. So maybe like seven. Yeah, five, six, seven, somewhere in there. It also depends on how much yeah. they have the ball. They didn't have the ball at all last week. It felt like. No, they. Did. I mean, at one point in the first quarter, it was like 
13 minutes and 20 seconds time for the Raiders and 58 seconds for the Patriots. It's crazy. So, like, what were what they supposed to do with it? But, yeah, I think he's going to play a little bit more. All right, with the Buffalo Bills coming to town, would you rather, if you were uh, making trades for the Pats or even just sort of building a team here, Fitzy, would you rather have Josh Allen mm-hmm. or Steph Diggs, Ed Oliver, and Matt Milano? I know he's hurt, but I'm just saying, like, take all those guys together. Say they're all healthy. You have a great wideout D lineman linebacker or the top five quarterback. Wow. What a question. Oh, my God. Who writes uh, Rich, these? this is one of your – this is one of the best ones yet. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Uh, uh, it's a real thinker. In, in a in a knucklehead – by a knucklehair, I'm going to go Josh Allen. Just because I haven't – because he can – because this particular elite quarterback, this particular top five quarterback – is both your best quarterback and your best running back on your team. He's their offense. And Steph Diggs is great. I like Steph Diggs quite a bit. uh, Like He needs somebody to get the ball to, but everybody else besides Diggs on offense is either an average player or maybe below average. Like, I don't, I'm not, I don't love either running back. I don't love, I don't even really love Dawson Knox. I certainly don't love Gabe Davis. Like, he has good games here and there, but that's really more of a byproduct because Steph Diggs is on the other side and you have Josh Allen throwing to him. So, I would take Josh Allen too. I mean that trio of of players. I would take over probably most quarterbacks, but those top five or six guys are just so important. I, I like would I, take Allen. Yeah, I would take that trio over Jalen Hurts. Uh, yeah, that might be the line. That might be sort of the cutoff. But like yeah. Mahomes and Allen and Burrow, maybe over Herbie. Uh. But Allen, Allen's yeah. a tough call yeah, because he is. he is like just a one-man wrecking crew. All right, here's what we stumbled upon yesterday because there are some reports out there, whether you choose to believe them or not, that the okay. Red Sox could be one of the teams uh, interested in a trade for Juan Soto of the Ooh. San Diego Padres. Would you rather Juan Soto or Shohei Otani? Give me the guy that is... Six years younger and has not had two ACL repairs, I, two UCL repairs. I will take Juan Soto. Yeah, you and Hart both took Soto. I li- I like Soto. I'd be thrilled if they got him. I would take Otani, and here's part of the reasoning behind it. If you sure. Soto's still under contract with the Padres, so if you're going to get Soto, you're going to have to give up a ton of guys. Uh, which is fine. Like I, no, by no means am I like married to any of these prospects. Oh no, not all these players we keep hearing about who <laughs> may ultimately turn out to be nothing because they are still what they were when they were acquired prospects. But Otani, it's just money. So you just you bring in Otani, and I'm hopeful, and I understand there's a chance that maybe he never pitches again. But I'm also hopeful that maybe in 2025 he does pitch, and now you're getting a hitter who's going to sock as many, if not more, home runs than Soto over the next few years, and he might be in your rotation starting in 2025. So I just, the injury is a bummer. Like, even just as a baseball fan, it's a bummer that he's not going to pitch next year. But I would take Otani over over almost anybody. And so that even includes Juan Soto. Yeah, I, I think I just want the younger, healthy guy. And I look, get it. He's not the greatest defender in the world. Yeah, he got greedy and turned down all that money. And now who knows if he'll ever even get offered a contract like he did before. But if you have a chance to get yeah. like a blue chip guy that can carry a team, it'll make your team very left hand bat heavy. I know with true Yoshida and Devers and Soto. But, you know, so does Shohei. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah, I'm not fine. Just, fine. Uh, craziest Juan Soto stat is he played in every game last year. That's still bananas. There's not many guys that that did that, so that's pretty cool. All right, would you rather when the Celtics, or I'm sorry, if the Celtics have to replace Joe Missoula at some point, would you rather them 
just slide Sam Cassell over or move Jeff Van Gundy down? Do I have to take this one seriously? Because the uh, the sideshow wants Jeff Van Gundy. <laughs> yeah. He Sam hasn't been Cassell, a head coach in a long time. He has not been a head coach in over a decade. Yeah. Has been a he's been an analyst for a long Forever. time. Yeah, and now what is he a senior consultant? Senior consultant couldn't be more vague. I, okay, so you now have Charles Davis. Yep, you have Sam Cassell. You have Jeff Van Gundy. How many people that either previously coached in the NBA or have head coaching aspirations in the NBA? Can you surround one questionable and young head coach with without making him say, guys, is there a problem here? I was going to say, that, like, did I do something? Page one of their resume is more impressive than Missoula. And both all those guys have like seven pages of like, oh, then I was coaching here. Then I was coaching there. Oh, I played in the league. I did that. Like Missoula is like, well, I played at West Virginia and I've been on the staff for a couple of years. Yeah, <laughs> like, Bob Huggins yeah. taught me a couple of things. Now, <laughs> I will say this. I will say that in addition to how well they played last night, I listened to a good portion of. Missoula's appearance on the Old Man in the Three podcast recently. Yeah, he was good on that. I, and I'm not a big Missoula fan, but he was very good. I don't know if he's just comfortable with Redick or whatever it was, but he came across way differently than he did throughout all of last season. Maybe he's not going to do his like stupid little oh, Belichick I, imitation post game. Like, no, I, I tell my love, give him a hug, tell my love. Yeah, I really hope he doesn't do that. Score more points, shoot more threes. Like, yeah. okay, how about just like he came across <laughs> like a genuine person? Yeah. No, which no. I liked and appreciated, and he owned his faults. Yep. No, Maybe he... we'll see a different guy this year because he's going to have a, a chance to make this team his own in his mold. They've done everything mm-hmm. they can to support him. So, All right, last one, Fitzy. Uh, would you rather all right. watch all of the Halloweens or watch all of the Friday the 13th? Let's say this uh, over the weekend you were sort of tasked with mm-hmm. watching all of I think it's pretty close to like there's like a dozen of each. There might yeah. be one more Halloween yeah. movie, but it's it's a it's it's a law. It's a journey to go through all these movies. Which franchise would you rather rewatch? Uh, at it, the highest highs come from the Halloween movies. Yes, but also the lowest lows come from the Halloween franchise. Probably. So I'm gonna have to say Friday the Thirteenth, mostly just because wow. you'll get some legitimate scares in the early in the early editions. Yep, and then you just go for the camp value, like. Mm-hmm. At no point does Michael Myers go to Manhattan, which is actually Vancouver, where they filmed it. <laughs> and he was barely uh, no, even Toronto. in Manhattan. He was um, ba- Toronto or Manhattan. He really wasn't yep. there much in that movie either. Wasn't there much <laughs> at all. And also, I don't remember Michael Myers going to space. He did not. But I do remember Jason Voorhees. Sure did. Yeah, there, there's definitely more of the, well, for lack of a better word, uh, campiness Camp. yeah, yes. with, with that series. I'll take the entertainment value right. with the camp factor. With I, So I'd go Friday the 13th. Which way would you go? I would probably still go Halloween just because the first one might be the greatest horror movie of all time. Diminishing I like the second one. Point on. You're right. You're right. I like two. I like four. I don't mind H2O. I don't mind the first zombie remake, and I don't mind the other remake or reboot requel. Can I say that I've never seen? Should I go back and watch the Rob Zombie remake? Uh, the first one maybe, definitely not the second one. The second one f- drops off a cliff and is not a good movie at all. But, but it's the first not one, nearly, it's not as bad as Halloween sucks and Halloween. No, no, those ones were whatever the last two were. And kills and ends are atrocious, just atrocious. All right, let's mix in a call here. Uh, let's go to Jeff in Framingham. He joins us next year on Weei. What's up, Jeff? How you doing? Doing great. First time caller, Vandy right. show. Welcome. It has to do with wow. sports. Awesome. Anyway, um, I was thinking about McK- uh, Cunningham as far as a quarterback is concerned and yes. 
having the line, the offensive line that we have, why on earth wouldn't they give this guy a shot since he is the most mobile quarterback that we have? I agree with you, Jeff. I say why not? Give it a give it a crack. Excellent first call, by the way. Yeah. I would because they need somebody that might have to create their own offense. Like that's just how bad the O line is. So that's why I think in the second half you finally saw some of those really quick throws being like, All right, forget it. There is no there is no time to protect. There is no time to draw anything up downfield. And the receivers are going to get open anyway. So if you have a receiver that can actually, or uh, I'm sorry, a running back, uh, well, same thing. If you have a quarterback who can maybe pick up a first down with his legs or just give the defense another dynamic to think about, I'm all for it. But the par- the problem I have with it, Fitzy, is all the talk about how much wide receiver he's been playing at practice and for the last month and a half. Like, I don't know why they didn't start this from Jump Street and say, hey, if we need this, we have a quarterback with enough plays to get through an entire game. Doesn't seem like they have that. He's not even like an elite wide receiver. No, he's not he's at all. Just, no, he's, he's a better just quarterback good than with wide the ball out. in his yeah. hands in space, yeah. which is great. But as far as being able to, like, run the root tree, route tree, whatever, and, like, create for himself as a receiver, I don't see that happening anytime soon. So yeah. how about just... Give him a couple of uh, quarterback draws, end arounds, wildcats, whatever. Like, just you know, kind of make him a little Tim Tebow sideshow or oh, whatever. Just, but like as a receiver, no, no, I just no. like he's not he's not ready. That's that's a cut. Like it took Edelman what nine, ten, eleven. I know Edelman caught two touchdowns in that awful playoff game against yeah, the yeah, 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 twenty ten. But like, it took Julian Edelman like four years to re- three. 2012 is when he finally really started popping as a receiver. It takes a long oh, time yeah, for sure. to transition and refine your technique like that. All right, we'll get back to your phone calls. We'll also play a little game. Uh, Patriots, keep, cut, or trade? We have a whole list of players to go through. We can see how we feel about those guys coming up. It's the Rich Keefe Show with Fitzy here on WEI. Right now, here is Stiz with What's Trending. Your home of the Sox. Now, here's What's Trending on WEEI. Trending now. The Patriots continue to get ready for the Buffalo Bills on Sunday. Kickoff at 1 p.m. Offensive coordinator Bill O'Brien spoke with the media and spoke about Malik Cunningham. Look, Malik, Malik's an improved guy. We had, I think Bill said it the other day. You know, we've had some injuries um, and things like that. And uh, Malik's done a lot of different things. He, he can do a lot of different things. And, and so I think that was a decision that uh, Bill and Matt made. I don't make those decisions. Um, uh, to, to bring him up, and they do. They they make all those decisions in the best interest of the team, where the team's at at the moment, and and uh, that's why they made the decision. Patriots injury report was released earlier, and on the did not participate list were Trent Brown, Hunter Henry, Jonathan Jones, Riley Reef, Josh Uche, and Keon White. There were 14 names on the limited participation list. I can't name them all, but some of those names were David Andrews, Christian Barmore, Juju Smith-Schuster, and Ramondre Stevenson. The Celtics have one more preseason game before their regular season gets underway next Wednesday. They'll be in New York taking on the Knicks. The Seas beat the Knicks last night, 123-110. to They'll hit the road to take on the Hornets for their last preseason game tomorrow night. Tip-off from Charlotte at 7 p.m. The Bruins remain undefeated at 2-0. They'll have their first game on the road tomorrow night. They'll be in San Jose to take on the Sharks. Puck drops at 10 p.m. And the Rangers will host the Astros tonight for Game 3 of the ALCS. First pitch at 8.05. The Rangers currently up 2 nothing on the series. I'm Stiz. That's what's trending now on WEI and WEI.com. More Ritz Keefe Show coming up. 
The Rich Keefe Show on WEEI. And streaming everywhere on the Odyssey app. Back here on The Rich Keefe Show, WEEI. Fitzy is here, full tang Wednesday night program. Take it up until 10 o'clock. You can dial us up at 617-779-7937. We'll play a little game called uh, Keep, Cut, or Trade in a moment as it relates to this Patriots team. Well, let's go back to the phones. We've got John in the car. He joins us right now. Hey, John, how are you? I'm doing excellent, thanks. Hey, I'm just calling up to um, um, to ruffle your feathers by saying I'm trying. I'm going to try to defend Mac Jones a little bit here. Okay. And here's how I'm going to here's how I'm going to try to defend him. What you said earlier, Rich, was something about yeah, they have an offensive line that's terrible, and he has receivers that can't get open. So let me tell you, let me tell you just how bad that is, and then I'm going to ask you. How can he possibly succeed, and how can we possibly, as fans or as the media, say Max Jones isn't the guy? So let me tell you. Let me tell you how bad it is. How bad? They have this Dan, Olof- Dan Olofsky, the ESPN guy, has been throwing out some of these these pro football focused numbers, and, and one of the numbers that he's been touting a lot is something called receiver separation. Okay. Uh, Nikhil Harris, um, the NFL average for receiver separation is 2.5 yards. Nikhil Harry had a, had a receiver separation rate of 1.8 yards. The Patriots pass catchers as a whole have a receiver separation rate of 1.6 yards. So you basically have a team of receivers that can't get open they can't get open to the to, to the degree that Nikhil Harry can get open. Okay. Couple that, right? Couple that with when we say it's the worst offensive line in the NFL, here's a stat that's just mind-blowing. Of the 215 offensive linemen that have played at least 10 plays this year, the Patriots have number 173, 175, 203, 205, and 213. Now, Rich, I have no idea how they rate offensive linemen, right? But when you have five of the worst offensive linemen, that's allowing Matt Jones to be the highest pressured quarterback in the NFL. So basically, this guy has no time to find receivers that just can't get open. How is he possibly, how is he possibly supposed to, supposed to succeed? Um, what's his name? Bourne, right? Bourne yeah. has a, a receiver separation rate of 2.4. The average NFL average, as I said, is 2.5. Matt Jones was 10 of 11 throwing to a receiver with an average separation rate. Imagine okay. if all his receivers. Yeah, but John, but John, there's average. also, but Matt Jones himself is also a part of the problem. Like he is a first-round pick quarterback who doesn't raise the level of anybody else around him. He has had multiple pick sixes. He's had fumble sixes. He has had some of the worst decisions we've ever seen a quarterback make this season. And so I don't think Mac Jones is the answer. Like, you have all these stats, and that's true. The offensive line blows. The receivers don't get open. What does Mac Jones do well? We've seen him for three years now, or two and a half years. What does he do well? You're making my point. No, 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 no. What does he do well? John, what does he do well? He processes. No, he doesn't. He analyzes the field. No, he oh, doesn't. Of course he does. No, he doesn't. I, I could show you more statistics that uh, say You've got that. a lot of these statistics. And you just, okay, so Mac Jones. Yeah. So you're one of these guys that Mac Jones is really smart, and he, he sees the field so well. Well, if he sees the field so well, why is he throwing it to the other team so much? 
Like I did, I I reject that. That's what we got when he got drafted. It was like, all right, like these other guys are super athletic and they can move around and they got rockets for arms. But Mac Jones, he's like he's the cerebral assassin. Like, is he? That is all garbage. He was in an Alabama offense where every guy was open by ten yards, and he hit him, and they won a national championship, and it was great. It was surrounded by first round picks, and it was fantastic. He's really not that good. We I get that around him, it's bad, but he kind of fits in. Like, he fits in with those guys. Like, he is the quarterback equivalent of all the receivers they have. Like, that's what I, I, that's what I think he is. Maybe I'm wrong, Fitzy, but that's what I see when I watch him play. You ready for the stat of the night, Rich? You have one? Oh, I do. Okay. I've got a stat and then some. In the month of October, Derrick Henry has more touchdown passes than Matt Jones. <laughs> like, at some point, there are other teams with bad offensive lines, and their team are, are, is able to yeah. score some points. And now, th- this is an extreme example, but a couple years ago, the Cincinnati Bengals had statistically the worst offensive line in football, and Joe Burrow got them to the Super Bowl. Yeah, but he also had T. Higgins, Jamar sure. Chase, and oh, yeah. Joe Mixon. No doubt. But the offensive line was so bad that I'm being told that you can't even run a play with the offensive line being so bad. No, it, you need some elite talent, and also he's got a stronger arm and is better off platform. Yes, that's the thing. I just Jones. don't think Mac Jones, even some of the completions he had this year, if you go back and watch him, there was one first or second week of the season to Hunter Henry and one to Kendrick Bourne where there might have actually been some run after catch if he put a little zip on it or if he could put zip on it and get it to him. And everyone's that's like, right. oh, like the receiver sucks. It's like, well, put the ball on him like he did with Devontae Parker. Like I'll give him credit where credit's due. That was a great throw to Parker, and Parker dropped it. But yeah, there are other times uh, where he kind of like kind of pushes it out there, and it allows the defender to get right in the guy's hip pocket when, when believe it or not, a guy got open a time or two. Because there's not enough miracle whip. There's not enough zip on there. Man. Yeah, there just there really isn't. And if you go back and watch, I think the angle uh, behind Mac Jones yep. on the interception Sunday came out on Monday. And if you watch the replay, he's running with him and Hunter comes open. And if he basically just flicked it, if he underhanded it to Hunter Henry, he would have been able to get it to him. Yeah. He overthrew him so badly because yeah. he couldn't put the whole idea of walking and chewing gum or running to his right and throwing a pass together at the same time. It's too bad. Yeah. But he just off platform, off script ain't his bag, baby. Yeah, and I I mean, last year, too, there were so many issues, and you saw Bailey Zappi with the exact same supporting cast and with the exact same uh, offensive play callers have a little bit of success, and that makes it look worse for Mac Jones to me. Like, it's not like a, oh, everybody's going to – nobody has a single chance here. It's like, well, we saw him have a little bit of success. A little bit. Like, I'm not trying to overstate what Bailey Zappi did last year. But we at least saw some of it. Let's go to Michelle in uh, Shirley. She's up next here on the uh, on WEEI. What do you got, Michelle? Hey, how are you tonight? Pretty good. Hello. Good. Uh, so I am going to vehemently disagree with you, um, and I want Mac in my what would uh, what would I rather? Okay. And I say that because Mac and you actually alluded to it. He put the ball in Devontae Parker's hands. Now, granted, it was one pass right. at the end of the game, but isn't that when you want it? Isn't that when you have to catch the ball? And so I'm kind of done with this narrative that it's all Mac's fault. And I'm not saying that you're saying that completely, but there's a lot of it's all Mac's fault. I should tell you, I am a 49er fan who loves Mr. Irrelevant, who had the worst game of his career last week, but they still had a chance to win because the kicker has to do his job. So I'm going to allude. I'm not necessarily a big, big, big Belichick fan, 
But the do your job, if everyone does their job, where there's 22 men on the field not doing their job, and that's why the Patriots suck. It's not on Mac Jones. We actually don't know how good Mac Jones is because he doesn't have a team around him. It's ridiculousness. And let Bill be the, quarter, uh, the coach and get a GM in because that's the problem. It's not Mac Jones. All right, well, thanks for the call, Michelle. I do think Mac's part of the problem, and that's fine. You can, you can disagree with it. We've seen Mac Jones play 38 NFL games. It's not a three-game sample. We've seen him play 38 games, and she brings up the drop by Devontae Parker, which we were talking about. That was a terrible drop. That was solely on Parker. We've talked about that for two and a half days now. That was all on Parker. It was a good throw by Mac. And you know what that almost was? The first ever comeback by Mac Jones in a fourth quarter. That was almost that. Now, that gets you down to the 50. That doesn't mean you're going to go down and kick a field goal necessarily or not. You still have to pick up some more yards and make the kick. But, yeah, I, I just haven't seen it from Mac Jones. And I also I don't think the narrative is that it's all Mac Jones. In fact, if you listen to somebody like Dan Orlovsky, he's the one that said Joe Montana couldn't have success here. So I oh. think there are more and more people making excuses for Mac, which I think – like. That's sort of turning me off because so many people are telling me that it's everybody else on the team. It's like, well, this guy's not very good either. Like, why can't he also be in the mud with with the with the rest of the guys on the team? I'm tired of making excuses for any and everyone on the yeah. team. I real, I just it's it's an exhausting it's an exhausting premise to just have to always like. Well, you know, the running backs don't really have a lot of holes. Well, the offensive line has no continuity. Well, yeah. the quarterback has no time. Well, these receivers really kind of like. It's just. It's exhausting. If nothing else, it's exhausting to have to always, well, the defense lost you on and Christian Gonzalez. Well, because you know what we do, too, is we just sit here with, and I'm guilty of it, too, but we look around other teams in the league, and you're like, oh, Baker Mayfield was good. Oh, no, now Baker Mayfield sucks. And, like, nobody cares who the offensive coordinator is. Nobody cares who the offensive line is when it's another team. And we so quickly write off other quarterbacks. So can you imagine being a fan of another team? And just watching Mac Jones occasionally or seeing the stats or, you know, the the week that your team is playing against them and be like, people are defending this guy? People like this guy? Like, how? Based on what? Because a lot, not every quarterback in the league is in the perfect situation. In fact, Brock Purdy might be the only one who is in the perfect situation. Mm-hmm. And then you uh, saw what happened when uh, Debo Samuel and Christian McCaffrey both got hurt and he went up against a really good defense. Then suddenly Brock Purdy didn't look very good anymore. No, he no, he didn't. Yeah, he loses all of his ads, uh, mm-hmm. his top running back, his top receiver. Still should have been able to pull out the victory, yeah. but certainly didn't look like the machine that he was against the Cowboys and at other times on the 2023 campaign. That's how it's going to go. I just, you know, Mac Jones ha- does, I guess, technically have a comeback in his career that would be the big comeback against Davis Mills and the Texans in 2021. Oh, you're right. Whoop I stand corrected. <laughs> I stand corrected. They yep, he's got the... a comeback. But yep. again, point to me on the career resume. Let's go to his LinkedIn. Mm-hmm. Yep. What is the signature Mac Jones win? I don't see one. Where was the game where you had to say, my God, they wouldn't have been able to do it if it were not for Mac Jones? Uh, yeah, I don't th- nope. think it really exists. No. Right? It, it, just being honest, this is just this is just real talk. Just straight up there. There does not exist the game where you'd like, I can't even tell you how many of those fourth quarter Brady comebacks were largely just because of Tom Brady. So he has uh, 10 games in his career mm-hmm. where he had a QB rating over a hundred. So I get whether you like quarterback rating or not. That's just one metric I'm using. So 10 games 
where he had a QB rating over 100. The first two were uh, blowout wins, 45-7 against Cleveland and then the 50-10 to game against Jacksonville. Then there was, oh, another blowout too, Tennessee, where they beat them back in uh, 21. Those were all in 2021. All in his rookie year, Tennessee, Jacksonville, Cleveland were blowout wins. He had big numbers. He also was at uh, last year Thanksgiving against Minnesota. Had a good good uh, statistical game. Uh, they, did. they lost that game. Uh, they Dallas, they lost uh, in 21. The blowout win over the Jets. So I don't know if you're noticing a theme here. It's either blowout wins or losses where he has decent numbers. I still haven't forgiven Nelson Aguilar for dropping the pass in overtime that would have been a touchdown. Yeah, well, that's against the Cowboys. Yeah. Nope, that's that's Aguilar. Uh, yeah, that's uh, Aguilar. Trying to think. This year, he has not had a game yet where he's had a hundred QB rating. I don't. Know, it's like some of the throws. Like, I'm I'm, I'm I'm surprised that people are defending Mac Jones after, like, unless they got over the Dallas and the New Orleans games and some of those throws, or even the pick this last week, like the. These are not good throws. These are not good decisions for a guy that's supposed to be the smartest quarterback in the world. Like those aren't throws that you even make. And that, think about some of the other pick sixes that weren't because the defender dropped it or just like batted it down. Like when they could have had open field in front of them, it could have been even worse. Really, how, how much of the human slash parent in you would allow for? Yeah, but geez, at this point, poor Mac Jones must just be overthinking and. The the CPU the processor is so taxed and yeah no uh, yes, I know he gets paid to do this but right, like right, they've right. really done him so dirty at this point like how could he possibly operate at max cap at this point I think that's definitely fair like I I just think the way they went about it but I it's one of those things where you sort of recognize it we talked about it a lot last year you now need to sort of push through that like you're you're a pro right like yeah. you can't just be like oh, well, he had a bad second year, and, you know, what did you expect Matt Patricia to do for him? And, you know, Bill Belichick doesn't coddle him or whatever. It's like, all right, well, you're still a starting quarterback in the NFL. You need to make the most of your opportunities. Even if your opportunity isn't ideal, even if you're watching your buddies like Tua and Jalen Hurts be surrounded by much more talent, all right, well, this is your, this is your chance. Like, you, you're just going to pout about it, or are you going to try to – Make something of it. Yeah, man. Like, this is the kind of time where you have to yeah. show the resolve in the fight that would make your team pick up the fifth year option mm-hmm. and have other teams wondering if you could be a several hundred million dollar franchise quarterback. Well, to that end, and we'll do this throughout the night the keep, cut, or trade. If you're one of the Patriots, what do you do with Mac Jones? He's in year three of a four year with the potential to make it a five year deal. Like, what do you do? Uh, you certainly don't trade him this year. Yeah, I mean, what are you going to get now? Unless some, unless some team in the next two weeks were to have their starter go down and that team has, <coughs> excuse me, Super Bowl potential or postseason aspirations and they'd call up and they're like, the hell with it. We'll give you a second for Mac Jones, in which case it'd be like, here you go. Yep. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I don't Otherwise, think there's much no. value there at all right now. I mean, you're, no. you're selling so low. No, so I think I think basically I think, what you have to do is you you ride out the season and you, know, you and I both said I'd start Zappy but it, it looks like they're going to ride out the season with Mac Jones as the starter then you get to the off season we will see at that point just how much of a band aid rip it is whether it's a Belichick O'Brien other name like who's here who's not but he's at least under contract you probably keep him hopefully you're drafting high enough where you bring in a guy. And maybe he has to beat out Mac Jones or or whatever. Like maybe because Mac Jones still isn't going to be paid a lot of money next year. 
So who available out there for that price is significantly better than him? Like maybe he is on the roster next year along with like a stud rookie. I mean, is Mac Jones going to be the quarterback again next year? Like I feel like I hope not. I feel like for but I don't feel it's not like oh man this guy sucks. It's more just it's more like I think everyone needs a fresh start. Yeah, I think everyone yep. just yep. needs to go their separate ways. Just say so, like whether but so then it's what, I guess or not. at that point do you trade him for a bag of balls because like I don't you're not gonna do you cut him? you got to like, keep him in and try to get his value back up so you can yeah. get something for him and they honestly believe that yeah, that's part that of it may be true yeah. that he gives them their best chance to <clears throat> yeah. win this season. All right, let's go to Armand in the car. What's up, Armand? Hey guys, what's happening? Um, yeah, I just want to I just want to throw a thought out there about Matt Jones and you guys have been kind of touching on it. Um, I, I think that. The organization has really done a terrible job in his development, and I think Belichick in particular has kind of broken his confidence. I'm not saying he's an elite quarterback by any means, but he is a good enough that I think you can win with him if you put the talent around him and you give him the support. I mean, three years, three different offensive coordinators. He doesn't really have the weapons that a lot of the other young quarterbacks that are succeeding have, right? Mm -hmm. So – if you give him a stable environment and a coach that supports him and 100% behind him, I would like to see what he's what he can do. I don't know if that's going to happen in New England. I think a fresh start is a great point. I think he goes somewhere else and he and he becomes like a Kirk Cousins level quarterback, right? I'm not saying he's going to be elite, but I think he's got the tools and he's got the smarts. I think it's just New England has really screwed up in his development, and I don't think Belichick has given him the confidence that he needs from a head coach. No, and that's all that's probably true. I also think if he ends up being Kirk Cousins, like what a turnaround. Like, holy smokes. At this Don't point, sleep on Kirk Cousins. Kirk Cousins had a good career, and he's not done. So he's, he's kind of like a punchline for some yeah. reason, which I don't really understand. But of his milk toast demeanor. Yeah, maybe. And I, he doesn't win playoff games, so there's that part too. Yeah, but prime time. Yeah. Uh, you know, I think Mac Jones definitely has to have shaky confidence and all of that. And we, we've gone over the supporting cast and the coaching and all of that. But I still like, what are the chances that all of a sudden – the Patriots get 10 all pros to join the team in the next two years. And then like, cause I think that's the scenario. A lot of people are saying is like, well, if Mac Jones is in the right spot, it's like, well, how right does that spot need to be? Therefore you're probably better off hoping to get that really good quarterback. And then you only need a couple of pieces. Like look at the bills, the bills roster on offense doesn't look like the Niners offense or the Dolphins offense or the Eagles offense, but they can kind of keep up with you just because of how good the quarterback is. Correct. And so I, you're not getting that with, with Mac Jones. All right, we can continue to keep playing, uh, keep cut or trade throughout the evening on the Patriots. We'll also get to a quick fantasy brief and your phone calls at 617-779-7937. It's the Rich Keefe Show with Fitzy here on WEI. This is the Rich Keefe Show on Boston Sports Original, WEI. Keith's gonna g- g- give you what, what you need to know. Talk about who you gotta start, who you gotta say, gotta let go. When you be like, whoop, whoop, you doing so good, gonna win your league. But you gotta listen to Rich Keith and the fantasy breeze. Rich Keith is playing like John Clayton up inside the huddle. And he's got an intimate knowledge of the fantasy game like he and Matthew Barry like to cuddle. If your team got a problem, yo, he'll solve it. Winston Wolf for this fantasy gauntlet. So pretty please with sugar on it. Check out the hook while Keith on the phone. 
could give you the info you desire. Who to claim from the waiver wire? So your lineup game is on fire. Put them on the board. Championship. You're definitely gonna win your league, but you gotta listen to Rich Keith and LaFanta to see. Brief. All right, here we go. Time for a quick fantasy brief on the Rich Keith Show with Fitzy on WEEI as uh, week seven is nearly upon us. Jaguars and Saints kickoff tomorrow. We will have that game here on WEEI. The 3-3 three and three Saints 4-2 and two Jaguars. Keeping up with that absolutely white-hot slate of Thursday night games. Mm-hmm. Uh, disabled Derek Carr and possibly not Trevor Lawrence. Let's go. Yikes. Yeah, not, uh, not ideal. Nope. Not ideal. Nope. Alright, let's play a game of uh, who will score the most fantasy points in each game. No, we're not going to do every it's game. It's not going to be me. It's not going to be you. No, in uh, which player Outside of Josh Allen in Bills Patriots will have the most fantasy points. Again, you can also include defense, mm-hmm. kicker if need be. But who, aside from Josh Allen, which should be the obvious, who will score the most fantasy points this week By in New England? By a country mile, it's going to be the same person that has eaten J.C. Jackson's lunch right in front of him time and time and time again. That would be one step on Diggs. Yeah, and J.C. Jackson... Um, it's not good. Now. Not good that's, anymore. That's I, and you know, it could be the number. Sometimes, you know, you look good, play good. 29 doesn't look good out there for a corner. Not a good corner number. It looks heavy. It's a heavy, slow yeah. number for a corner. Yep. And uh, he's not good anymore. Crazy. No, he's not. He's not old. Yeah, but he had multiple injuries yeah. during his and, brief, ever so brief tenure with the Los Diego Chargers. And he himself said three weeks ago that he wasn't healthy. But now he's back. <laughs> he's back, baby. But he's back. Who will have the most fantasy points for the New England Patriots? Oh, man. I mean, when so many people register. <laughs> I mean, I'm hoping I don't know. I'm, I Kendrick even... Bourne, I guess. And I, know, and yeah. I know maybe it's recency bias because he actually showed, especially in a PPR league, he had 10 catches for 89 yards. But they at least in the second half were really going to him, and he made a few plays. So... I don't think it's anything like, oh, you got to get him in your lineup. But just out of curiosity, just for this team alone, he's probably your guy because they're not scoring a lot of touchdowns. So, I don't know. I'll say Mondre. I'll say Mondre because Saquon got open on a couple of runs last Sunday night uh, in Buffalo for the Giants. So. so, something's up with Ramondre, too, because just like a lot of uh, – we've had callers talking about, like, well, what do you want Mac to do with, with this whole line – same thing can be said about the running backs. However, Ezekiel Elliott, on the whole, has looked better than Ramondre Stevenson, which I did not see coming this year. No, uh, and that would almost make you wonder, are we going to see a heavy Zeke game one of these days and give Ramondre a little time to sit back and think about what he's doing or what he's done or how he can improve? I think it's definitely a uh, a possibility. What about a, a uh, AFC West matchup Sunday afternoon? Chiefs and Chargers. Who do you like in the quarterback matchup there? Patrick Mahomes, Justin Herbert, just for fantasy purposes this weekend. Uh, Chiefs defense, again, sneaky good. It really it's hasn't a, it's been a bad. Surprisingly yeah. good defense. But Mahomes have, isn't lighting the world on fire. Like, he's great, and, like, you obviously uh, would want him, but he's not He's not torching people. But I'll tell you what, he may have just gotten a nice little boost because, breaking news, one of his favorite wide receivers was just reacquired today. Who's that? Nicole Hardman. Yeah. I mean, I give him something. It's, it's a, yeah. He's not great, but no. at the same time, no, it's something. Uh, I, it, you know, it's a familiar target. Someone yeah. he's got a little no, chemistry with. That's true. Better than Sky Moore. Better than Kadropsy Tony. So, oh, those guys. Uh, are at this point, rough. I'm going to give you. I'm going to give you Mahomes, and also Mahomes has been clutch time and again in games that matter, especially divisional games. Yeah. Not not only finding Kelsey, 
But those little 25-yard scoots add up. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, they definitely do. You always look up. You're like, oh, you had 40 yards rushing? You're like, what the hell? Yeah. Uh, Sunday night game is going to be awesome. Dolphins, Eagles. You see the Eagles are going to be wearing the uh, Kelly Greens. I cannot Woo! love the Harold Carmichael freaking Randall Cunningham jerseys the vermeil era kelly greens are hot that's a nice uniform they were promoting Sweet. it with jalen hurts sitting there in the locker room with the full union awesome uh-huh. uh former teammates tua and jalen hurts who do you got in that one i'm gonna go with hurts because if the weather's a factor uh, oh could be Philadelphia yeah. defense hasn't i mean philadelphia defense has been solid yeah but um i think the ground game will allow will enhance yeah plus miami's defense doesn't even really have to do much because they already, really don't they have 30 points before you <laughs> blink know, an eye. and then also teammates uh a couple of guys that mac jones very familiar with Devontae smith and jalen waddle wow that's right old pals from the national old buds. championship old buds old bud uh between waddle and Devonta smith i'm gonna go with but Devonta Smith hasn't been. No, neither guy's done much this year, you know, because yeah, Tyreek Hill and the running backs quiet. have been crazy with Miami. Waddle's been fine, nothing special. And then yeah. Smith is not really. Uh, I, I'll go Devonta Smith because he owned up to his drop last yeah. week that kind of hurt them against the Jets. So yeah. actually, right. because I'll, because his marker is good in my town, I'll say Devonta Smith. What a great game. 5-1 and one Eagles, 5-1 and one Dolphins. So Sunday night, absolutely got a, uh, a heater this week. Let's go to Joey in Palmer. He joins us next year on the show. What's up, Joey? Hey, what's up, guys? Uh, happy spooky season. Yes. Uh, I don't know if you got a chance to watch it, but that No One Can Save You movie on Hulu, I oh. think you'd probably dig it. I did. I watched it. I liked it. Uh, it was good. All right, awesome. I figured you would. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I just have a comment, like, uh, hear me out. So I don't think Mac Jones was ever really that good. I think that people think he was good because we were coming off of Cam Newton throwing the ball at everyone's feet and just complete incompetence, inability to throw the ball. I think Mac Jones is more like the girl that you date after getting out of a toxic relationship. So you think she's a 10, and then it turns out after a while she's actually a 6, and she was never that great. You know what? There might be something to that, Joey. Don't you think there's a little bit of the – he wasn't the guy replacing the guy. He was the guy replacing the guy who replaced the guy who was not very good. And Cam Newton, after the first, what, four, three, four weeks of the season, really bottomed out. We were all calling for Stidham by the end of that whole thing. And then you get somebody, first-round pick, the hopes were there. And, you know, between he and McDaniels, they figured out a way to get into the playoffs. So you're like, all right, maybe maybe we got the guy. And then, no, that was the, the, the carpet was pulled out from under him after that. Between beating a lot of backup quarterbacks yep. and uh, yep. just being the guy, you know, like you said, like he was the bright, shiny hope over here. They <laughs> yeah, bought right, their way right. back into relevance, like, I can see how all of that added up for Mac Jones in his rookie year. Maybe his, maybe we have over-glorified his rookie year. I think so, and I it probably comes with that now. stretch where you know you beat Zach Wilson, you you beat uh, a Cleveland team without Chubb or Hunt, you beat Atlanta without Ridley, you beat Tennessee without Derrick Henry. Like it was kind of a you beat Buffalo in the in the game where Mac only threw three passes. Like that was a wild sequence where they went on that winning streak because at that point they were what one and three they were two and four somewhere like that to start the year they're two and four to start the year and that might have been more of what they were and then they got that crazy run where they were playing backup quarterbacks or star players were out and then the weather game because then they finished the season they actually lost uh, four of their final five if you count the playoff game what a year <laughs> it really kind of was twenty twenty one was a wild season. 
It was absolutely, yeah. And again, the whole entire idea of like, wow, look what this guy looks like running onto the field, the new shiny hope. You have a region that was still desperate for a quarterback and a franchise savior because we all were still in our COVID-addled Tom Brady yeah. depression and Cam Newton faltered at the end of 2020. So it was like, oh, Mac Jones, come save us. And he and he tried, or at least he looked different and he looked like he had some promise, but ultimately not enough. Crazy. Two hours. Cam <laughs> Newton! <laughs> Two hours down, two hours to go here on the Rich Keefe Show with Fitzy. When we come back, each one of us will try to come up with one word to describe the Patriots. It's been quite an experience thus far. If we can uh, whittle it down to one word to describe the Patriots, we will do just that. You can join in on that as well at 617-779-7937. It's the Rich Keefe Show with Fitzy here on WEI.